Thank you for listening to the podcast of Antioch Church, a Christian community in Bend, Oregon, being formed by the story of a God who is making all things new, including us. You can learn more at antiochchurch.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Antioch. It is good to be with you again. As we just recently heard in the reading, in the second book of the Kings, we find the account of two prophets, Elijah and Elisha. And in chapter two, an unusual story begins when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind. Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. When the, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. I love how the scripture talks to us about supernatural things as if they happen every day. And while the translation of a man via whirlwind may not have been common, the presence and the power and the interaction of God in the lives of his people was. And so from the way this begins, we understand that we are not to forget or to overlook who we are talking about. This is the God of the universe, the all-powerful, all-knowing God who can do whatever he wants. This is not an amazing thing. They expected God to be God and assumed we would too. So as we read, we are entering into this story where God has interact, is interacting with his people and about to do something. So God was taking Elijah by whirlwind. Why? We don't know. Because it was time? That's all. Because he can do stuff like that? Maybe. But that is where we begin. So two men of God had been stationed or working or ministering at a town called Gilgal. And Elijah, the master prophet, and Elisha, his son or disciple or apprentice, are together. And Elijah turns to Elisha and says, you stay here. The Lord is sending me to Bethel. But Elisha wasn't hearing it. He said, I will not leave you. And so Elijah says, okay, let's go. And they go to the next town, which was Bethel. And they're the sons of the prophet at Bethel, which was a community of prophets. And in this community, there were master prophets or the teachers, and there were the apprentice prophets, the junior prophets, I call them, that are following their teaching and learning from them and learning to hear the voice of God and to, um, to speak to his people. And so Elijah and Elisha come to Bethel. And while they are here, presumably Elijah is talking with the other master prophets, some of the junior prophets come out to Elisha and say like, hey man, I heard that the Lord was taking your master today. Did you know that? 
they understand. They know that God is up to something. Aslan is on the move. Prophets, devout folks who spend time listening for the voice of God, following the instructions and the examples of the master prophets, they have heard from God or perhaps from their masters who heard from God that something big was about to happen. And we discover here at Bethel that Elisha also is aware of what is going to happen. And he says, yes, I know, be quiet. We don't need to talk about it. Elijah comes out and he says to Elisha again, hey, look, you can stay here. Why don't you wait here? God is sending me to Jericho. But Elisha is not having it, said, uh-uh, I am not leaving you. I am going with you all the way to the end. So when they get to Jericho, we have the same scene. The, the junior prophets come out. They say the same thing. Hey, you know that God's taking your master? Elisha's like, yeah, I know. Okay, be quiet. Um, and they leave again. Elijah again gives Elisha the out. Hey, why don't you wait here? You can stay here. And Elisha says, no, I will not leave you. And so they leave Jericho and go on to Jordan. Now, by this time, there's about 50 junior prophets in tow who are, the scripture says, at a distance, but have followed them all the way to Jordan. They have heard, they have the, the, the um, energy and the expectation that something is unusual, something powerful, something big is about to happen with Elijah. And they have decided we are not going to miss this. When is the last time you thought, I can't wait to see what God will do today? I think about over this last year, how many times we, you know, as things were, were happening day after day after day, event after event after event, and you almost felt like we better get up and turn on the news because who knows what is what has happened last night? Who knows what is the next breaking news story today? What has already happened this morning? And you kept going to your television, to whatever your news source was, to hear the latest thing and to decide what terrible, traumatic event was next. But when, how many of us got up and instead went to the throne of God and said, Lord, I don't care about what people say is happening. I want to know, Lord, what you are up to today. These prophets, these men of God, were following with anticipation of what God would do. And Elisha has committed to walk with Elijah all the way to the end. Who is committed to going all the way? To pressing forward, even when it's not safe, when it's not easy 
when it doesn't necessarily make sense. The hymn writer wrote, all the way my savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his faithful mercies who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, e'er by faith in him to dwell. For I know whate'er befalls me, Jesus doeth all things well. Elisha had expectation. If I persevere, I may get to see the glory of God. If I keep going, if I hang in there, it might be a long walk. I don't know exactly how God is going to do it, but I know something is going to happen. And I have purposed in my heart to see this through to the end. How many of us have made that commitment and wavered and thought about letting things go and turning back? If we persevere, if we press to the end, perhaps like Elisha, we get to see the glory of God. So these two men, Elijah and Elisha, they get to the Jordan this Jordan River. And Elijah takes off his mantle and he hits the water and the river parts. And the scripture says that the two men go across on dry land. And once they reach the other side, at this point, Elijah turns to Elisha with a question. And he says, what do you want me to do for you. You have been faithful. You have persevered. You have stuck with me to the end. Ask me what you want that it shall be given to you. There are different times in the word where we see a question being posed. What is it that you want? I pray that when God presents the question. We have an answer. Elisha had an answer. He had seen God do many miracles through Elijah. And he was aware that Elijah was about to be promoted, skipping the grave and heading to the sky. He knew that there was a crowd of godly men in town after town along their way that had gathered and borne witness to who Elijah was and what God was about to do in him. He was not going to waste time asking for stuff. No, Elisha's request was for a double portion of what you have. A double portion of God's spirit. Are we living and connected with God in such a way that our children say, I want a double portion of that? Are we demonstrating a living faith? 
Are we walking with God in the reality that lets people know that he is real? Are we engaged with him? Do we believe? Do we know that we know that we know? So much so that our children and our children's children might say, I don't know all there is to know about God, but I believe that he is real because I've watched you and I want a double portion of whatever you have. I want a double portion of that. More often I hear, unfortunately, our younger generation saying, if that is what God is, if that is what the church is, if this is what religion is about or what God is about, I'll have none of that, thank you. And more and more, they are walking away, walking away from the church and even now walking away from relationship with parents and with grandparents because of a disconnect because of the disconnect that they see between what I read of God in the scripture and what I see of you. But Elijah, Elijah had lived in such a way, had in, interacted with God consistently in such a way that Elisha said, I want a double portion of what you have, a double portion of God's spirit. I want to know God the way you know him. I want more of that. So Elijah says to him, you ask a hard thing. But nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken, it shall be so for you. If you see me when I'm taken, it shall be so for you. So the Bible says they went on a ways and before long, a chariot of horses and, and um, horses and a chariot of fire appear and separate them. And Elijah is taken up in that chariot by a whirlwind into glory. And Elisha saw it. He saw it. He said, oh, my father my father and he grabbed his clothes and he tore his clothes and then he picked up the mantle that had fallen from Elijah and went back to the Jordan over the past month we've been talking about epiphany and looking at and listening to several passages that are connected to that from this account of Elijah and Elisha to the account of Jesus and his transfiguration in Mark 9 to Paul's description of this glorious gospel in 2 Corinthians 4. In each case, something or someone is being revealed. If you are there to see it, if you have eyes to see it, you will receive the blessing from that revelation. 
Are we willing to go the distance to see God revealing himself today in our time and in our world? To press through our fear like the disciples did on the mountain. To abandon our desires for comfort. To rent ourselves of ourselves like Elisha of what we have known or what we have been in order to receive what is being revealed today. Now we cannot open our own eyes. No, only God can do that. But we can place ourselves in the places where God is calling or sending us and go with expectation. Expectation that God is going to show up and do something, reveal something. Epiphany is a manifestation. It's an event, an action, or an object that clearly shows something, especially something abstract. It is taking something spiritual and making it real. It is the presence of Moses and Elijah with Jesus on the mountain in Mark 9. It is the horses and chariots of fire in 2 Kings. It is the glory of God in 2 Corinthians 4. And it is God the righteous judge in Psalms 50. And today, it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are the church we are the means of modern day epiphany. God commanded the light to shine in us at the moment of faith. The light is in us, but it is not of us. But even so, we, you and I, become the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. 2,000 plus years ago, God was revealed to shepherds, to wise men, to poor and rich Jew and Gentile through a baby. Today, God is revealed through earthen vessels, clay pots that look like children and elderly, in government housing, in subdivisions, in the city and the country, in Spanish and English, in Mandarin and Swahili and Creole, on the res, in the barrio, in the hood, and in the high rise, through black, white, indigenous, brown, from the White House to the jailhouse, God is revealed through us. It's as though God took a portion of the sun from the sky, divided it into 2.3 billion lanterns of every shape and size and color with one directive, shine. Go about daily life shining in every conversation that you have, in every deed 
that you do, in the way that you love, in the way we forgive, in the way that we listen, and yes, in the way that we suffer. An epiphany will happen. People will see the glory of God, Christ in flesh. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the, the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Yes, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always carrying around in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be evidenced or manifest in our mortal body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also might be made visible, manifest in our mortal flesh. Praise God.